Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Wednesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and on our app, the Tiger Communications app. I am Ryan LaVoy filling in for J.J. Jackson today. Brant Doffrey, Brooks Childress join me on the program as well and then we've got tim gillespie from hometown lenders on the plains who's stopping by here for the first 30 minutes or so as well today on the program we do have a shortened show we'll be off here at 4 30 as auburn softball will take on uh, another non-conference opponent the uh, mercer bears will be a five o'clock first pitch in Macon, and so 4.45 airtime here on Tiger 95.9. So J.J. Jackson is with the softball team, and he will be on the call of that one. And so we will be getting off air around 4.30 once again today. So a, another shortened version of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. And uh, excited to be with you for another live show here today. We'll recap uh, some uh, Auburn baseball, also talk a little bit uh, – uh, about some of the NBA stuff going on, the Braves as well. So it'll be a fun show today, birthdays and sports as well. But again, Ryan, Brant, and Brooks with you here throughout the show. Uh, Brant, we'll start with you. Hope you're doing well, sir. Doing very well. Uh, really really excited to be on the show. First time I've been on since 8A. Excited to talk about uh, what I saw in there. We've got some Braves news to talk about. They fell today 3-1 uh, to one to the Washington Nationals. Lose 2 out of 3, uh, but had a very fun game too. Uh, so it's still waiting on uh, the bats to get consistently going, but you know they have the power for it, and uh, some some other stuff going on. I mean, basket or excuse me, softball playing uh, in Macon, Georgia tonight, about 20, 30 minutes from from my hometown. I have a lot of friends who went to Mercer. I have uh, visited the city of Macon several times. Uh, very excited that uh, JJ is in my neck of the woods tonight, uh, and so very excited to talk about that. Uh, talk about all that. There it is. Uh, having a good day. Hope you guys are well, uh, too. Uh, Brooks, I uh, heard you and Walter on the call last night uh, driving home for Smith Station softball. Sounded like a good time. Yeah, me and uh, Walter Northcutt had the call for Smith Station softball last night. Uh, unfortunately, lost to Central, and that wrapped up the uh, the area for the regular season for uh, Central. They're now 3-0. and No, 4-0 and in uh, area play. They get to have one more game against... Um, against Auburn. Oh, they're 3-0. and They're 3-0. and I, I misquoted that. Uh, they got one more game against Auburn coming up here uh, in a couple weeks, and that will either give them one loss in the area or uh, undefeated season. But the area tournament's going to run through Central down there for the so- for the 7A uh, softball league, and it was really fun. Me and Walter had a lot of a lot of good times out there and talked a little bit of everything. Talked softball, talked pop tarts. Yeah, um, it I was, heard that. Yep. It was a it was a time out there, but yeah, uh, fun times. Auburn baseball got a win last night over Stanford on Bark in the Park night. It was really really uh, exciting. Brody Moore had a big night uh, for the Tigers. Auburn softball getting ready for action tonight against Mercer. Got a bounce back after a disappointing weekend up in Fayetteville, and then the Atlanta Braves earlier today dropped the last game of the series and dropped the series to the Washington Nationals. Uh, won one out of the three against the Nationals and now they pack up, hit their uh, Delta Charter and head out west as they take on the Padres starting tomorrow night and into the weekend, including I, I think they're on Sunday Night Baseball this week. And so that's a big road series to start things. You'll head to the Padres and the Dodgers before returning home. So big, big road week. Not the start that you wanted if you're the Braves. Uh, you go, go on the road below 500, but 
they uh they they've started to hit they're hitting the ball well uh it's not fin- not phenomenal but they're hitting the ball well and so you got to go on the road and hope you can keep uh keep improving can't wait to talk to that or talk about that can't wait to talk to all of our callers as well and then of course we've got tim gillespie of hometown lenders here with us for our weekly chat tim hope you're doing well good to see you again i'm doing well thank you thank you again for having us uh it's uh, it's been a great day so far today, and I'm just tickled to be here. Uh, how are things going at Hometown Lenders? Uh, business booming, hopefully. Things are going very well. We're we are able to accommodate people, and we have written several pre-approvals today. So, Uh-oh. guys, are people that are well on their way to purchasing their new home. Uh, so. We feel like that uh, that that we're staying plenty busy and uh, and serving the communities of the you know Auburn Opelika. We've getting we're getting traction from a lot of different areas right now, so uh, that's really good. And I think that people are saying that the things that we say here and the things that we say on the Facebook page where we're doing our advertising, they're being able to say, hey, you know what, these guys are actually doing what they said they're going to do and contributing to the community. They're here, they're out, they're about, and uh, you know we're just we're just people trying to trying to make a difference here in the Auburn area. And I believe, uh, you speak of the Facebook page, I believe uh, you were uh, get, had a giveaway on the Facebook page yeah, recently. Yeah, we're going to uh, go on to uh, Facebook Live tomorrow, and we're going to give away. We need some people. I mean, you know, we, we need a lot more entries. I mean, you go to Hometown Lenders on the Plains Facebook page. All you have to do is do the like, share it three to three people, make a comment, and after you do that, you are in the drawing for a gift certificate for a honey-baked ham or gift card. They don't do gift certificates anymore. I'm showing my age. Gift card for a honey-baked ham as well as a $100 Visa gift card for you to do whatever you want for your Easter weekend, your, for your family, your kids, or whatever. So, you know, go on that Facebook page and uh, and get in your chance to win that, that prize. And Tim, I will get you to say that again in just a few minutes because we sure. got an Amber Alert going across the radio. But of course, we continue on with the uh, with the app. So everybody on the app says, "What what's going on?" Well, there's Amber Alert right now, but uh, <laughs> we're still we're still going strong on on an, uh, obviously online and through the app, but uh, on the airwaves. So we'll get you to repeat some of that sure, here in just sure. a moment. But uh, you know, obviously, uh, this time of year with Easter going on, uh, another big holiday, um, and then you said you've been out for a little while but uh there's never you know we we talk about all these sports and we talk about there's always off seasons and in season and trade deadlines all this there's no off season when it comes to buying a home there's people all throughout the year that need uh to figure out their housing situation or maybe be wanting to invest that sort of thing and so you guys always have a year-round occupation where there is no off season you never know when somebody's going to have a need no there's and and all of your borrowers have different needs and that's why we have different loan products i mean we have va products for current you know veterans that are current or retired you know we have fha loans we have conventional loans we have renovation loans we have a lot of different loan types that can fit people's needs uh from from the different size of the loan to what fits their budget best you know and and we're there to be able to sit down and go through those you know, and, and a lot of people get a little bit worried sometimes. You know, scores was a big thing for me this weekend because I had Masters envy. I, I was uh-huh. I was a couch potato on the back porch watching the Masters. <laughs> and so uh, always one of my favorite events of the year. Not to some people, it's not dominating sport. but And I don't watch a lot of golf on the weekends, but Masters is kind of a different deal for me. I, I really enjoy watching that. But, you know, your, your scores come into play with the mortgage business. So – a lot of times people are a little weary about that, but, you know, it's not something you can run from. So you don't really know till you come in and sit down and check, and a lot of times it's a lot better than you think it is. And even if it's not, there's really ways that we can help you fix those scores. Absolutely. And uh, uh, you mentioned the Masters. Scotty Scheffler was our Sports Call Player of the Week. He's uh, had a meteoric rise to number one. But uh, obviously this past weekend, I want to talk a little bit of ball with you, obviously. And uh, you being a former coach, I think you're the perfect guy to talk about this. We we talk a lot here in April and, and back in March about spring practice. And we talk about A-Day, which just occurred on Saturday. And we kind of try and – Make it to where people understand that uh, it's not going to be uh, maybe 
everything you expect in terms of decisions aren't being made with one practice and that sort of thing. But it's a public opportunity to see how things are going in spring. Want to enjoy that. For you, for spring practice, uh, what is the importance level? And, and realistically, what, what kind of things as a coach are you really trying to weed out in the spring? Well, I think, number one, the best thing you, you're, you're trying to do in the spring is build depth. You know, there's there's many, many crucial positions, obviously, in, on the football field. Number one, the most important aspect of depth is, is who's your backup quarterback? I mean, that's got to be something that is defined at some point in time prior to game one. So building depth is obviously something I think that everybody goes into. It's obviously a time, too, you don't have an opponent to prepare for. So you don't have to worry about scheme. You can simply worry about fundamentals. You can worry about doing your group work, individual work, doing the things that you are going to have to do to be fundamentally sound. It's a, it's a time to create competition. It's a time where everybody can start off even. And you, you get an opportunity to see who's going to rise to that occasion. You get a chance to see who's done a great job in the weight room. You know, some people have matured in the off-season conditioning program. Uh, are they ready to take over a spot? I think really spring training is is more desired or designed for it is a coach's practice time. I loved spring training. The older I got, the more I loved it. Obviously, when you're young – you want to see Friday nights. You want to see Friday nights. You're ready to compete. But as you get a little older, you realize that the time that you get with these kids where the decisions that you're making from day to day, from practice to practice, from group to group, can simply be to build depth or any of those other things that we, we've talked about and not worried about, okay, are we ready to play Alabama? Are we ready to play Arkansas? And then when you get to the spring game, I think that it is tailored for entertainment as well and I think it's a really difficult at times for people maybe to understand okay the offense doesn't look great let's say in a spring game maybe well guess what they know the defense has certain things they can do the offense has certain things they can do because they're not worried about they're not worried about they're not worried about complication They're, they're, they're worried about competition and fundamentals for example Alabama last year a Jai Hall fantastic spring he's not even there so there's so many things that can change. I think it's I think it's really it's dictated that it's, it's a coach's perspective time of the year. And, and uh, I'm curious, were you able to watch uh, Auburn's spring game on Saturday? I, I, I've caught a little bit. I caught a little bit of it. Uh, and I, what I saw, uh, you know, I, I was I thought the effort was great. Um, I, I don't know if this was my perception or if it was everybody's, but it it almost seemed a little more. Maybe there was a little more unity. I don't know. Maybe everybody kind of moving in the same direction. I kind of got that feeling. Um, you know, I have a special – I watched – I kind of like to watch the defense because, you know, Marcus Harris, one of our former players at Park Crossing. Uh, so, obviously, we were very interested in him, and he had a great article in the off season about his improvement in the weight room and his improvement in how much weight he had gained, good weight. So, I enjoy watching him. But I think that they probably were able to decide some things. And I think like a lot of people – are a lot of teams that are going through a transition and it doesn't matter what stage you're in you know they're probably i think their biggest concern right now is building depth and that takes time it takes time to build depth but i thought it was a productive spring brooks brant uh, i believe first time on the show for both of you guys this week so want to get your thoughts too on uh, on what you saw in a day yeah, I think the the biggest concern is that they over the spring you've heard so much about, hey, we're going to focus on tank, the running game is going to be super strong, and the running game just didn't have a very good day. Now, the reason for that is that four out of five major contributors on the offensive line that played last year were out for this game. They did not play. They were, they were all dealing with various injuries. So even though I don't know if the running game is going to be greatly improved, you can still find a way that it could be. You're in the second year of a system. These guys are still getting used to their newer bodies. Every single one of them put on like 30 pounds last year and moved into a different style of offense. So they're still not 100% used to it. You hope that after a full year in that system and now they've gone through another spring, they know it a little bit better. Hopefully they can improve there. Uh, The big question is obviously quarterbacks. Um, Who's going to start? I think T.J. Finley had a couple of throws where he looked great. He had a couple of throws where he did not. Uh, Robbie Ashford, he looked pretty good the whole time. I, I don't think he ever had any major uh, meltdown, oh, my God, what the he- what the hell are you doing, type throws. Um, his mechanics look weird to me. 
someone I saw described it as a baseball throw, and he was a he was a baseball player at Oregon. Um, is not going to be for Auburn, but it, it, that was interesting to me. I kind of see it. It. And I'm not a quarterback coach, but it looks to me kind of like his. <laughs> it looks almost like his his front foot is too far underneath him. But I I don't know. It, if it works for him, it works for him. I don't care how you look as long as you get the ball there uh, consistently. But, uh, you know, I, I think quarterback is obviously the biggest question. I think Robbie Ashford has cemented himself as a guy who can compete for that starting quarterback job. When, when he came in, I thought he was going to be something of an afterthought. I thought he was going to be, is it him or is it D. Davis? Which, which one of them is going to be the, the quote-unquote gimmick quarterback? And it looks like Ashford has cemented himself in the front three. I don't think we're going to see Gurner start this year uh, unless he can – unless when the fall rolls around, he really has a hold – of of that playbook i think he's still just kind of acclimating to college football the speed of it the size of everybody uh and it's a big jump for a quarterback to make especially and i think uh i i think it's going to come down i well we haven't seen calzada at all we have we have not seen calzada throw a ball yet and and so i think it's but i you i said this earlier uh when spring ball rolled around you had five quarterbacks on scholarship your goal was to by fall camp whittle it down to three and I think you've effectively done that. I think it's Finley, Ashford, or Calzada. Uh, and those three are going to compete for the starting job in the fall. And one guy's going to be a backup. One guy's going to be the third stringer. And it's going to be a very interesting matchup as we continue uh, to see who gets what spot. Yeah, I think that the biggest takeaway is obviously what we want to talk about, what everyone wants to talk about, is the quarterback position. You looked at that uh, that game on Saturday. Obviously, Calzada, we've seen a few videos leak out of practice and uh, from from viewing, uh, media window viewing at practice. You've seen Calzada throwing it a little bit, but nothing, he's never not been full go yet, and we yeah. he did not play in the Saturday's game. I think that was the biggest thing, is that all spring it's been, oh, this is, you know, it's wide open. But it was Finley and Ashford that got 98% of the snaps on Saturday. You had Gurner come in there at the very end of the game, finally got put in there right as, you know, the last drive of the game. But it was it was all Finley and all Ashford. And I'll tell you what, it, it I don't know if there's a clear front runner right now because you don't have Calzada in there and you don't, you know, it, it's you're still got a guy that's learning the offense and you got a TJ Finley that you just don't know what uh, you're going to get. Like you said, Brant, there were some throws where you said, all right, that's a quarterback throw. And then there are some times where he would make a throw and you say, oh, no, where were you throwing that? And there were some points in the game where – uh, and it more it was more on the offensive line where he was back there and he would have been sacked like there was yeah. there was no escapability he did, he did not move that could also be because he was wearing the orange jersey and he knew I'm not going to get hit today so I'm just going to stand in here and I'm going to make the throw um, but yeah there, it's it's a question that's going to go into fall camp and going to go I'm sure all the way up until that first game against Mercer and maybe even beyond that maybe even into that second week against San Jose State because you've got uh, two games that you can still, you know, play around with the quarterback position if you're not fully comfortable with who you've got. But I think, like you said, Brand, I, I totally agree. I think that after that spring game, after you saw that it was Finley and Ashford 98% of the time, it's going to be one of those three, Ashford, Finley, or Calzada, and it's just going to depend on uh, how well Calzada can learn the, learn the playbook in this time that he's not out there full go practicing. Tim, we, if you have a quarterback battle, because this happens in college all the time, where you have quarterbacks really not go live, can't hit them in the spring most of the time. But you've got one of these quarterbacks is a, is a pocket passer, not going to use his legs very much, versus a guy that one of his strengths is a scrambler, is someone that makes plays with his feet. Do you feel tempted to go live more, knowing that that's going to benefit that scrambling quarterback to show what he can do with his legs or do you just have to make mental notes that while it's not live you would assume he gets away from that pressure how do you evaluate a scrambler when they're not live as much well i mean you've in in the college level you've done some evaluation on film so you have an idea of of their scrambling ability and you so you're you're trying to walk that fine line of do i get a guy injured versus How's he going to react when he does get hit? So I think you got to find that happy medium where, you know, in a controlled way that a quarterback does get hit. Uh, you know, you can control a quick whistle. You can control 
you know where you're allowed to tackle <laughs> basically use NFL rules <laughs> you know uh, so but then you you know you there's going to have to be a period of time I think to where you're going to see how how his escapability makes that transition from high school to college level speed um, and then what best fits your offense um, you know I thought that you know I, I agree uh, I think Robbie Ashford might have had the most consistent day I think between and again, I you know there's a reason why I coach high school football, and they're not asking me to coach quarterbacks at Auburn. But I think it comes down to it's going to come down to who handles the mental pressure, and not just not just the playbook pressure, but you know who can turn out all the noise and make that throw with people around them, uh, the confident throw where you're throwing and not worried about it. You're not worried about. I used to tell if we had a quarterback competition, you can't win the quarterback. You can't win the quarterback competition on one throw. And you can't lose it on one throw either. So it's got to be a body of work. And like you said, it, it may be the, the one of the two first games where you have to see a live situation. And, you know, I was I have had the opportunity to coach against Robbie Ashford. We played – when I was at Dothan, we played them in a spring game. And uh, you're right, he has, a, he, he has a, a, a different delivery. But that's one of the things that, that has really changed over my course of time is, is, you know, everything used to be about arm slot. We used to treat, we used to teach arm slot so much. And then, you know, earlier than Patrick, but, you know, guys like Patrick Mahomes came along and realized that how advantageous it was if you could throw the ball from different arm slots. You know, the, the rhythm throws and that they're doing now where, you know, it's very evident where he doesn't have the traditional, you know, one, two, three hitch throw. You know, he's, he's more of an even killed under his – you know, his feet are more of an even stance. And it's 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 not a jerky throw, but it's almost like a quick throw. And a lot of people are using that when they're throwing when they're throwing what they call rhythm throws. So I think it's gonna be an interesting battle. Uh and and, and um the the Texas A and M transfer gosh, um Calzada. Calzada. I always want to say Calzone. Yeah. But I might as well go ahead and say it on there. You know, he's got to make that transition from what offense he was in. How how does this fit? I mean, does, you know, offensive line at Texas A&M last year was pretty good. You know, the offensive line at Auburn has got a chance to be good. But they're, like I said, they were not all out there. So how's that transition going to, is it it that much Calzada? How much was Calzada? How much was where he was? So it's going to be an interesting battle to watch, I think. Well, and you talk about consistency. We saw with Calzada last year, uh, his overall numbers were still pretty low compared to other SEC guys. It was just that he had one or two really special games, including that Alabama game, where it was like, well, okay, it's somewhere in there because he balled through some injuries uh, against uh, Alabama in that one as well. But on a consistent basis – well, there's a reason he wanted to get out of Texas A&M because they were looking for another guy as well. So, you know, unfortunately for Auburn, and look, this is, goes into the development process and guys, kids that are 19, 20 years old get better throughout their college career, obviously. But what Auburn's kind of going with here of guys that all had to leave other programs, essentially, because they weren't the guy or there was going to be big competition there for the guy. And so there is a development process that has – to weed itself out in a sense and i talked about this the other day you hope that when you are able to make that decision in august about who the starter is it's because someone took a leap rather than everyone else just kind of stayed where they were and that's the way you hope it does you you hope that you hope that you don't settle for mediocrity and that, that everything doesn't settle to the middle and that one guy actually excels above they all they're all improving but that that one guy whether it's the mental aspect, whether it's the understanding to be able to read a defense, all the different things that, that go into the mental part of the game. Listen, there's a ton of guys in high school and college that can throw football. There's a ton of them. But the ones that can make those split-second decisions, that, that understand coverages, understand pre-snap, post-snap coverage changes uh, versus what they've got going and what, what routes are going to be converted versus what coverage – that's a lot of thing to go through a nineteen and twenty year old, twenty year old's mind, and you know the one of the very big cliches is, does the game slow down for him? I'm not sure. That's a very hard concept to explain, especially when I I coached a high school player. How do you explain to a kid you want to slow the game down, and then you're telling them, hey, we got to go fast. You got to do everything full speed, but I need you to slow the game down. When they get that. 
when the game really slows down, and I like to think of it more as it, it is to a point to where you anticipate quicker. The game doesn't necessarily slow down. You're just able to anticipate that open throw quicker. Yeah, you're not you're not thinking as much. You're more reacting to what you know is going to be there. Yeah, and and so you know the less thinking and the more automatic that that becomes, I think that's end up what separates themselves from everybody else that starts. There's a real fine line in an SEC quarterback sometimes between that guy that plays and that guy that does not play or that is just a backup. And it, it may simply not have a thing to do. The one that's not playing may can throw the ball further. He may can throw it harder. He may be faster. But, you know, JT Daniels is not going to win. I mean, not JT Daniels, but uh, – Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett. If you put him and you didn't know who they were and you put him against every other quarterback in the SEC and did the 40-yard dash, height, weight, muscle mass, body tone, he would be the Tom Brady of college uh, NFL day. I mean, he's not going to win any of those, but he's a pretty good quarterback. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, talking about being able to slow the game down, saw some whoop data, which, of course, if you don't know what whoop is, it's like something you put on your, your wrist. It's becoming a bigger deal now where it measures heart rate and, and, and all that. It basically measures your health through events. Some NASCAR drivers wear it, some golfers wear it, and some football guys wear it. And there was some whoop data last year in the Chiefs-Bills game because Patrick Mahomes was wearing one that his heart rate was actually lower when he was on the field than when he was off the field and the Bills had the football. Because, of course, that game was high scoring. It was like 40-something, 40-something. And, uh, yeah, he was actually calmer with his heart rate when he was playing quarterback than he was uh, off the field. And I think that comes from the reps and reps of, of knowing what to do and that sort of thing. He's Tim Gillespie of Hometown Lenders on the Plains. Tim, one more time, uh, because uh, it was an Amber Alert uh, during uh, what you were talking about a little bit earlier, but one more time, go over the Facebook giveaway that Hometown Lenders is, is having right now. Sure. You go to Facebook, uh, Hometown Lenders Facebook on the Plains. There is a nice big pinned at the top uh, little flyer. And we're going to basically we're going to give away a hundred dollar gift certificate. We're going to give away a honey baked ham. Go onto the page. I want you to like the page, make a quick little comment, share it three times, and you are entered. Our algorithm will pick the winner. It won't be will be any of you guys. Trust all you guys, but you know, it it will be an algorithm that picks the winner, and we'll we'll do that on Facebook Live tomorrow afternoon, and the, the, you can come out and pick those up on Friday. Uh, we want to help somebody have a very, very great Easter weekend for their family. So uh, 100%. You don't have to fill out an app. You don't have to do anything. Just come by and pick it up. No no obligation whatsoever. So, And uh, just to see what's going on, I'm going to head on back down to 1943A South College Street. <laughs> come see me. Come see one of our loan officers, Smitty Grider, Melissa Gillespie. Let us help you with your loan. Let us do whatever we can to make your home dreams come true. We are your equal housing lender, NMLS 200-6482. Guys, thank you. Appreciate the time, Tim, as always. We thank look you. forward to having you back next week. Yes, sir. That is Tim Gillespie of Hometown Lenders on the Plains. Go see them down on South College Street for uh, all the latest on uh, what you can do for a loan. Look, if you're in the housing market, go see the wonderful people at Hometown Lenders on the Plains. First break of Sports Call today. More after this timeout. Time out. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. This is Jake Crane, host of the J-Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Sports Call continuing on on this Wednesday afternoon. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, and Brooks Childress with you here today. Big thanks to Tim Gillespie of Hometown Lenders for coming by and seeing us. Talking about all there that's going on at Hometown Lenders. Talk a little ball with us as well. Again, shortened show today. Getting off air at 4.30. Auburn softball at Mercer at 4.45 airtime. 5 o'clock first pitch right here 
on Tiger 95.9. So short, short and show, easy for me to say. And uh, let's go ahead and get to something we do each and every day. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports today on April the 13th. And again, if uh, you have a birthday out there, we wish you a very happy birthday. But leading us off and playing center field, Lorenzo Kane at age 36 today. MLB center, field for, center fielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. Spent six years stint with the Kansas City Royals. Was a two-time All-Star, one-time Gold Glover. 2014 ALCS MVP, 2015 World Series champion with the Kansas City Royals, four-time Wilson Defensive Player of the Year, three-time Fielding Bible Award winner, Lorenzo Kane turns 36 today. Melvin Gordon III turns 29, NFL running back who's currently a free agent, drafted 15th overall in the 2015 NFL Draft out of Wisconsin by the Los Angeles Chargers. Go Badges. Also spent two seasons with the Denver Broncos. Two-time Pro Bowler during his tenure at Wisconsin, Gordon won the Doak Walker and Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year awards. Also selected as a unanimous All-American earned first-team All-Big Ten honors, second all-time single-season rusher in FBS history with 2,587 yards in a single season. Melvin Gordon turns 29 today. Was he the uh, last time Auburn played Wisconsin in the bowl in uh, the Outback Bowl? Was he the running back, or was that a uh, another one? It should have been Gordon. Yeah, okay. 2014 should have been Melvin Gordon. Bad, uh, yep. bad memories. Bad memories. Yep. Uh, he ran for a lot of yards. <laughs> Uh, Josh Gordon, no relation, turns 31 today. Current wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, nicknamed Flash. Drafted in the second round, the 2012 NFL Supplemental Draft by the Cleveland Browns out of Baylor. Uh, In 2013, he was first team All-Pro, 2013 Pro Bowler, 2013 NFL uh, receiving yards leader. Go Bears. Super Super Bowl 53 champion with the Patriots. Want to go Pats or something in there? Yeah. No? Okay. Depressed right now. It's not the same. Also played two seasons for the Seattle Seahawks and one season for the FCF Zappers. Oh, Zappers. That's awesome. Can I get a Zappers t-shirt, someone? Uh, Maybe. I I wouldn't be able to hook you up. Birthday present. Uh, But uh, Josh Gordon turns 31 today. And then Dan Campbell turns 46, head coach of the Detroit Lions. Spent 10 seasons in the NFL as a tight end for the New York Football Giants, Dallas Cowboys, Detroit Lions, and New Orleans Saints before joining the coaching ranks. He was a part of the staffs of the Miami Dolphins and New Orleans Saints before getting his first head coaching job with the Lions. We saw him at the Reese Senior Bowl. What a guy. Dan Campbell turns 46 today, and those are the birthdays in sports. Yeah, we uh, we became Dan Campbell fans uh, after... <laughs> Listening to him, the unfortunate thing is we still realize that the he coaches the Detroit Lions, and uh, his expiration date for his opportunity to coach them is probably coming up soon, because that's how it works in Detroit. Lions are still not good, but uh, anyway, those are the birthdays still, in sports today. To this day, he's a he's an Aggie. Do you know that? Dan Camp. Yeah, Texas A and M. Did not know that. Played um. What did he play? I don't can't tied see. in. Yeah. I assume that one. Yeah, Cam was tied, tied in, in, in the one. NFL. So that one, unless they, <laughs> unless they, uh, they did something different with him. him. Yeah, uh, but uh, a good list of birthdays there today. Uh, Got to take another break here in just a moment, but want to update you on some recruiting nuggets for Auburn. Brent, uh, Auburn gets a four-star prospect to commit to Brian Harson's team for 2023. Yeah, Terrence Love, uh, big-time safety, or Auburn's plan is to use him at safety. Some places have him listed as a linebacker. He's 6'3", 195, something like that. Tall, rangy guy. I've watched some of his film. He loves loves to come up and run support. Uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of interceptions or pass breakups, but that's mostly because people did not throw at him. So. Uh, Big-time recruit here, uh, ranked in the top 150, 160, depending on the site that you look at. Uh, big pickup for Brian Harson. Also on the basketball side, everyone knows Yoan Treo. Now that form was beautiful, Brooks. This yes. is when this is when we five star form. Thank you. Yeah. Five star form, five star power forward. Yoan Treo is uh, set to sign today. There's some paperwork. Obviously, he is not an American citizen, so they're having to jump through a couple of hoops there. But uh, he is planning no to sign intended. today, and if not today, then tomorrow. Say that again. I said no pun intended. Basketball. Oh, you're, you're not jumping through the hoops. You're putting the ball through the hoop. No, you still got to get something through the hoop. That's fair. All right. We're trying to get Yo. Do you guys want that, like right? a part two of like the Masters from last week where y'all just need to go back and forth about? If there was know. no back and forth. Like I said my piece, and then he got 
he got the music and just kind of ran. Yeah. <laughs> so if you wanted to give me the music back, I could, you know, come up with something. I'm tempted to just because of the it was so the good. tone that you you bring in. I'll think about it. Okay. You think maybe, about it. Maybe not right now. For now, we're going to have the music that sends us to a commercial break, our final commercial break of the hour when we come back more sports call again show ending at 4 30 get your calls in on the auburn bank phone line 334-887-341 locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine we'll be right back J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger Back to Sports Call Tiger 95.9, the Wednesday edition of the show. Ryan Brant and Brooks with you here. Again, JJ Jackson is just fine. He has not fallen off a cliff. He is with the Auburn softball team. I'm not aware of how many cliffs are around Macon, Georgia, so yeah, none. Alright, so then he definitely hasn't fallen off a cliff. Well, actually, I mean, like there's some there's some wooded areas that are kind of hilly. But. He is safe and sound. Uh, he, he is with the Auburn softball team. And uh, I know he's been missing a lot of shows recently, but he's do, doing a lot of sporting events for Auburn softball, baseball, Georgia Tech baseball. And so have no fear. J.J. Jackson is still here, just not on today's show. Hey, yo. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open up the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap Skills and Games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap Enable to Use. You're done. All you have to do now is say, Hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. also want to remind everybody that the... Sports Call listener survey is still live and very available to be taken. Gotten some great responses so far, but if you go to our social media pages, that's Sports Call Auburn, and also go to the Tiger.fm and find Sports Call on our website. You can take that listener survey. We want to hear from you what we do well, what we don't do so well, how we can improve the show. Yeah, if you just want to tell us that we suck. Yeah, if you, you want, do that. if you don't like the Masters and you want to be Team Brant, you just you just tell everybody. Yeah, that. let's yeah. let's make that a Twitter poll: <laughs> Team Brant versus <laughs> Team Brooks. How do you feel about the Masters? If you like pimentos and cheese, that's right. It's fathers and sons, pimentos and cheese, <laughs> the, Jim Nance. Then uh, you can be with Brooks on that. That's but right. uh, whatever the case, no if matter. If you want to watch real sports, you can come hang out with me. I dare you. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> well, I, okay, you I should say, in you, that argument, I whoa. said, I think golf is very impressive. I think it's a real sport. If you would like to I'm vote, just not a fan. If you would like to vote Brant off the island, let us know in the sports call. <laughs> if you want to just go ahead and get so, me fired. Or if you ha- want to have very down-to-earth takes about no one getting fired. We're not trying to get people fired. We're just criticism. getting you voted off no, the it's, island. No, it's hot take Wednesday. Let's get after it, boys. We need a tribal council meeting. Oh, man. Well, you want a hot take? I don't know how hot this is. This is great. I don't think it's very hot. It's going to get hot. What are the Los Angeles Dodgers doing? You imbeciles. Clayton (laughs) Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw. Imbeciles. Was perfect through seven innings today. Perfect. And they pulled him. That means he didn't allow base. 21 up, 21 down. And let me tell you how rare that is, uh, a perfect game. And great. And this is the great Clayton Kershaw. I know he's had some injury problems over the last few years. He has thrown a no-hitter in his career. But Clayton Kershaw... I want to be clear, this is not a pro-Dodger podcast. Absolutely was, not. We are, do, we are. Am I making it sound as No, so I'm just far? saying, I just want to let people know out there. <laughs> we, we are, we are we, pro-history. Yeah, we are pro-history. We're not pro-Dodgers. And so Jeff Passan of ESPN tweeted this. There have been 220,000 games in MLB history. More That's than a lot. More than 220,000 games. There have only been 23 perfect games. That's not a lot. Everything, especially a pitch count of 80, 
lines up to at least let at least let Kershaw try. You cannot pull him. Would you like to know the odds of a perfect game? If there have been twenty three, if there have been twenty three, and only in low in two hundred and twenty thousand, very low, more than two hundred and twenty thousand. All for the, the sake way of this low. exercise, I'm using that figure. <laughs> the odds zero point zero 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 one zero four five five. I don't know what the exact odds, but it's still. It sounds like it's very akin to winning the lottery. There's a lot of zeros there. <laughs> there's there's or winning it a is, lottery. It is one in what is that a ten thousandth? Yeah, something like that. So yeah, perfect through 20, 21 up, twenty one down. Had to get six more outs. He was at eighty pitches. Probably more likely to win ten bucks at the lottery. I'm not going to say win the whole million dollar prize, but probably more likely you're going to win 10 15 bucks playing a lottery than uh it's throw a perfect game it's insane and i just i under you know the well, no i don't understand the dodgers are going to say uh, he's older and you know accolades trying blah, to save blah, his arm it's early in the season you know. blah 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 it's a perfect game exactly through and seven he's he's older anyway he's going to get hurt some point this year just just <laughs> yeah. just just let him go for history and guess what it's a six nothing game so you're not even in the game's results not even question if he gives up his first base runner pull him immediately have someone warming for the event that he does give up a base runner because even i'm gonna say you obviously Passen, had someone warming if you're right. gonna pull him it, obviously with, with what passing was saying there uh, and, and the fact that Kershaw's already thrown a no-hitter, okay, even if the no-hitter's on the line, fine. Pull him at that point, something he's done before. But something that rare, like, come on, man. I just... I keep him going for the no-hitter, too. I, I'm, I get I get upset about combined no-hitters. Combined no-hitters, I don't think don't should count. count. Yeah. yeah don't, don't count. No. I just... And so I'm just... I'm mortified because that's a rare chance at history... I, you, you can't go through an MLB season and guarantee someone will be perfect that long into a game. You cannot guarantee that. Yeah. Um, and so you might not see someone get that far again this year. And it's just... I, Did we have a perfect game last year? I, I don't remember so. one. I think we had a no-hitter. We've had, yeah, we've we had, had a good string of no-hitters yeah. the last handful of years. Um, I, I would be. I, I honestly do not know when the last perfect hitter, a perfect game is. I know if you only had twenty three of such in over a hundred years of baseball, it's not an every year occurrence. So there's, there's. I think there's been more since, but I the only one that I can vividly remember is the Philip Umber perfect game uh, for the White Sox versus the um, Mariners a few years back. Nice. I remember that a, uh, an umpire cost someone yeah. a perfect game. Uh, so you know it, the the last MLB perfect game was August fifteenth, two thousand twelve. Felix Hernandez beat okay. the Tampa Bay Rays one to nothing. Which he had a birthday a few days ago. We talked about that. Yep. We did mention that perfect game. So one hundred and thirteen pitches. When was uh, which is significantly more than eighty? Is that a, yep. do you have a list of them on there? Um, or did you just look at the? Last I have one? them since two thousand. All right. What, what year was Philip Umber? Philip Umber. H U M B R. Uh, before two thousand. No, 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 no. Okay. No. I, was just, I remember. Uh, April 21st, 2012. Okay. So there were two that so, year. There were wow. three. Oh. There were three. Matt Cain of the San Francisco Giants. Not since 2012 13. has it happened, and you don't let Kershaw go for it. I'm just mad. I'm just, I don't, I don't, yeah. it's not even a Dodgers thing. It's just like, if there, anyone, there have been I would have been mad at the Braves. The the I would have been mad at the Braves if they did that. Anyway, yeah. so that'll end the hour number one. I promise not to be as mad in hour number two. Well, uh, we could be. We could be, but we we'll only have a ha- we only have a half hour. So stay tuned. We will not be as mad, and we'll have more sports <laughs> call after this timeout. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. 
We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Final half hour of Sports Call here on this Wednesday afternoon already. The show has flown by fast. And well, when it's, when it's only an hour and a half... It tends to do that. Yeah. We had an hour and a half show yesterday, hour and a half show today as well. The reason being today, Auburn softball goes to Macon, Georgia to play the Mercer Bears. That one is scheduled for a 445 airtime and a 5 o'clock first pitch here on the Auburn Sports Network on Tiger 95.9. <laughs> Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Grant Daughtry <laughs> yeah. with you here this afternoon. Another camera situation would be cool in the studio right now. Uh, as I'm saying words very close to Brooks's face right now. Anywho, uh, the <laughs> previous hour was uh, ended with uh, vitriol for the Dodgers decision with Clayton Kershaw. We but- didn't like the Dodgers anyway, but now we like them less. We also do not like that the Braves were three to one losers today to the Washington Nationals. Three and four, the start for the Braves. They did peak over five hundred when they got to two and one, so that won't have to be a narrative uh, all summer long like it was last year. But uh, a little bit of a slow start. Uh, any takeaways you guys have from the first week or so? Not only of Braves baseball, but just of MLB baseball. Anything that is standing out to you guys? Shohei Otani still hasn't hit a home run. Okay. That stands out to me. There you go. (laughs) I'll I'll be totally honest. When I watch baseball, I watch the Braves, and that's it. I I very rarely watch any other team. Um, So I I can't speak for all of Major League Baseball, but it seems to me like the bats just haven't woken up yet for for Atlanta. Um, And and the pitching is still not awake either. It's just kind of like they're – I don't want to say they're sleepwalking because they have won a couple of games, but also – it feels like the things things have just not clicked yet. I think that'll come. I think that's a, a symptom of it being early in the season. So, you know, we're, what, two series in. I'm not going to panic or anything. So, yeah, I, I mean, we, we are where we are. Um, I think Matt Olson has had a pretty good start to the season. He might be the only guy, uh, which is good because, I mean, it makes you feel better about losing Freddie uh, and having Matt Olson as a replacement. So, I, I you know... It's way too early in a 162-game season to tell anything. So we, sure. we, we ride. We ride. I, I don't want to say that for the Braves it's a, it's a championship hangover because it's the start of this new season. But you are just coming off of championship week where everybody that's bit, that was there got celebrated for a week for the championship they won last year, which – all you know it it's it is warranted you should have championship weeks you should celebrate last real, year real everything. hot take there <laughs> like <laughs> you like everything they, the Braves should be celebrated you you got you know do all this for the fans but when you look at it I don't know if you know I I, I can't I, I don't know for sure if this is it but all the guys that were there last year you just spent a week celebrating what you did last yeah. year and so you're thinking about that championship and everything and you go into the games and you may not be the best and that may explain why Matt Olson has been the best one that is start in uh out of the gate because he was not with the t- championship team last year he was with the with the athletics last year and was not a uh, not a part of that team yeah, everybody who, he's the athletics he's, who did not compete for a world series he's sitting you know he's sitting in there in the dugout saying yeah like you guys are awesome like I'm glad to be part of this team but he was not part of that championship team and so everybody else is there you know getting their rings and watching the banners go up and everything and maybe going on this road trip i hope that going on this road trip out west where you're going to face the padres and the dodgers is going to kind of wake wake them up a little bit and say hey now we got to play baseball this is 2022 we won the world series last year we celebrated it great let's move on let's continue uh let, let's continue build try to defend the title and go forward elsewhere around baseball uh, you got some young prospects that look really good that are uh, starting out. Uh, is it um, who's the kid in at uh, Kansas City? Is it Merrifield? He is a player. He is not a prospect. He is in his early thirties. Uh, Bobby Witt. Witt. Um, Witt looks phenomenal it's through the first week of the, with the season. He's playing really, really good baseball. Um, the Blue Jays, who a lot of people think are a team that to watch out for going to the World Series this year out of the American League, they're going to hit a lot of home runs. 
they're also going to give up a lot of home runs. There was, uh, I believe it was the Rangers on Sunday, uh, caught a little bit of that uh, game, caught a little bit of the highlights, and they hit, I think the, the Blue Jays hit five or six home runs, but they lost the game, and it was like 11-6 to six at one point. Because you're going to give they, – they are built that they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to hit a lot of home runs. They're going to give up a lot of points, too. Uh, they're give up a lot of runs. Um, but the Blue Jays look fun. The Athletics look look fairly decent out the gate. I really like how they're playing to start things out. Christian Pache has gotten a few spot starts uh, for the a- Athletics to start things he's out. He's actually started all of them. I be- well, four of the five. Oh. Four of the five. I say spot starts, and he's he's he has four of fifteen on the season. Um, ah. I'm trying to think of who else has been <laughs> surprising. <laughs> Uh, did the mics pick that up? I hope so. Did I heard myself say that, yeah. so I think they did. I uh, hit the mic and was surprised and made an audible ah. And uh, yeah, there, there's not really been a lot Another of other is in here. Not a lot of other stuff that's uh, surprised me so far this year. I think, I think that what you're seeing in baseball right now. Um, is a it, where it feels like not just the Braves, but a lot of teams are getting slow starts. It may be a symptom of not having as many spring training games, and you had a little con- conjunctive yeah. schedule to get ready for the season. Well, and especially all those pitchers, because they yeah. were talking on the Braves broadcast about most guys would have normally had two or three more starts in spring training, and and that's why some teams are being so cautious with the pitch counts. I'm not justifying the Dodgers' decision whatsoever, but I'm sure they came into that saying 75 80 pitches was going to be Kershaw's limit and unfortunately they stuck to it because of numbers and analytics and boo them and yeah they suck but anyway uh something that's catching my eye is uh the start Tampa Bay's off to again the Rays at four and one Wander Franco um their big prospect from last year who got called up played pretty well he signs his big like eight nine year deal in the offseason and why that's so significant is Tampa just does not spend that kind of money. They are consistently like this Rays Athletic Series is like the American League version of who can pay the least amount of money but still be competitive. Um, and these two teams are the master classes of that. And Tampa went out of their way to lock up Franco through all his arbitration years and the first couple of years they bought some free agency years. And he's off to an 11 of 20 start, 550. If you could bottle that up, you could play five years, quit me in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but uh, obviously, he will not say anywhere near 550. It's not how baseball works. But he's off to a blistering start. And it's just always, I'm always going to be curious about guys like that that get locked up a year or two in their career, how they continue on. Because it's still a bet. Like m- most of these times, it does seem to work out well for the club because it's working out right now for Atlanta, for instance, with Ozzie Albies and Ronald Cunha Jr. And everybody's like, oh, these guys got swindled. These guys didn't go, don't have any money. They should be making way more. Well, again, that is founded out of not understanding how contracts work in Major League Baseball and the reason to do something like that. Because these guys, yes, Ronald Cunha Jr. should be making more than $15 million a year, which is something around the figure he's going to be making here for the next five or six years before his contract expires. But remember, before you go to free agency, you would be making less than that because you have what's called contract renewable which means the club sets your salary your first three years in the league unless you're called a Super 2 and then it's just the first two years, which someone like Acuna would be a Super 2. But then you go to arbitration, and those one-year salaries are still not what you think they are. It is not $20 million salaries for these 24-year-olds that are really good. It's like 8 or $9 million. And so if you're paying someone like Wander Franco or Ronald Acuna Jr. something around the $13, 14 $15 a million dollar a year mark you're actually overpaying them for the first three or four years of their contract and then when they become unrestricted free agents or would have been that's when they're getting way underpaid that's when they would have made 25 30 million dollars a year for over five six seven years whatever and you've still got them around 15 that's when you get that money back in other words it's a bet it's a bet that they will become one of the best players in the game because if they don't then you've overpaid somebody for seven years 
because again and way overpaid him for the first few because again no one really in the first couple years of arbitration is getting more than eight nine ten million dollars even if they're really good i remember aaron judge made like a silly like four million dollars the other year and i and we've known how good he is for three or four years now so it does not work the way people think it is. It is still a risk on both parties, but especially on the baseball team because these guys that are signing these contracts, they're still they're guaranteed $100 million. You know, Franco and Acuna signed $100 million plus contracts. That's still a lot of money, even if they are underpaid. Guess what? They'll be 28, 29, 30 when the contract ends. So they'll still get an opportunity to sign a big contract. But if they get injured and fall off a cliff and never live up to what they were going to be, they guarantee themselves $100 million. So anyway, I, I hate the assumption that it's just a horrendous deal for these players because they still actually have to go out and prove that they are who people project they will become because these guys are getting them, in Franco's case, in less than one year of action. And they went ahead and gave him that eight-year contract, get, went ahead and guaranteed him $100 million. Even though, yes, we all see that it looked like he would become a great player, he is in the process of becoming a great player. So anyway, that's a long spiel on that. I apologize. Uh, but Wander Franco is someone, he's the perfect guy to watch out for because over time, the Rays might have made a very brilliant transaction to keep someone a little longer that they normally would not be able to keep. I also want to talk just a couple minutes before we got to take our last break of the show today. Uh, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Going to talk about it today. NBA play-in. We saw the Nets beat the Cavs last night. They are the seven seed. They'll play the Boston Celtics. We also saw a great game between the Timberwolves and the Clippers. The Timberwolves won that one uh, in Minnesota. The Timberwolves will become the seven seed. They will play the Grizzlies. And so tonight's action is to stay alive. It's the right to play the losers of last night's game. And 6 o'clock, Atlanta Hawks, Charlotte Hornets. And then 8.30, San Antonio Spurs, New Orleans Pelicans. That one in New Orleans, the Hawks and Hornets play in the ATL. So, guys, uh, with the Hawks tonight, I know, uh, Brent, you follow the Hawks a little bit. Uh, Brooks is not really a Hawks guy. That's not to say he doesn't like the Hawks. That's not the only one of two arenas that I've been to for NBA. Fair. Um, But uh, what do you guys think of the play-in either last night or the, the games tonight? Uh, I think tonight, I think the Hawks go as Trey Young goes. I think they're the more talented team. Obviously, LaMelo Ball is an incredible talent, uh, but I feel like there's a significant drop-off after him. I feel like the, the Hawks have some really good role players and uh, guys like Kevin Herter, Danilo Gallinari, and guys that kind of fit that. John Collins is still out, so that worries me. The defense, I mean, the defense for the Hawks has just been bad, but they've outscored teams to a winning record so far. So hopefully that continues tonight. Um, speaking of last night's game, yep, is Patrick Beverly the most annoying NBA yep. player ever? Yep, I was sure like, I, <laughs> I, I have nothing against guys that play hard, guys that are seen as a sure. little bit dirty, guys that you know annoy other players. Patrick Beverly taking his jersey off and throwing it into the crowd for winning the play-in game. Yep. Yep. I, I, and then like. <laughs> Pulling a beer out during the post-game press conference. Anthony Edwards, they were scared to guard me. Bro, y'all won a game. Yep. Y'all won the play-in game. Literally the the last chance you had to make the playoffs. It, it's whatever. That's too much for me. I, I am pro-celebration. I am pro-be be an obnoxious fan base. I am pro-be cocky. That's too much. Yeah, they were getting clowned on TNT, and I know the game meant a lot to Beverly because he was a former Clipper and he wanted a big contract. But I have just never seen such a thing for, like you said, such an early. I mean, that's not even technically a playoff game; it's it's its own thing. It's a play-in game, Um, and I, I, yeah, I did not like Beverly. Uh, I you know I was rooting for the Timberwolves last night, so obviously I wasn't like, oh yeah, I hope he misses his shots, I hope he fouls everybody. Uh, but uh, you know he's one of those prototypical guys. If he's on the team that you like, you love him, you adore him. Yeah. And if he if you if it's literally any other fan base, you're not gonna like him. Um, I understand that. And so, but uh, yeah, they all four being happy that you, you beat the Clippers and you have a much more winnable series against the Grizzlies and say you lost last night's game and became the eight seeded and then played Phoenix. 
Uh, but uh, no rings, no banners were hung in the making of that victory last night. <laughs> we so. won playoff game winners 2022. Yeah. So, Brooks, what do you think Go about Timberwolves. Uh, either last night's action or tonight's action? Uh, well, last night, um, I, I think that it's going to be fun to see Kyrie Irving back at Boston, back in Boston. Uh, the big clip that's been circulating on social media is when he stepped on the uh, or stomped on the Celtics logo last year when he went back to uh, to Boston to play when uh, versus the Celtics as a member of the Nets. So that's going to be uh, after that series. That's going to be a fun series um, between those two. I was kind of upset at uh, Okoro's performance last night for the Cavs. I, Ed, he was what zero for three. And he had, I don't, what did he have, zero points? And right. he didn't hit anything. So, really disappointed in Okoro's performance. I think that you're, if you're the Cavs, you're going to have to have him, you're going to need him to step up if you uh, want to have a chance to win into the playoffs on Friday. Um, other than that, last night, yeah, it was, I, I thought it was fun in Minnesota. You know, you've got, you've got a team that I think, could be a year away from actually, you know, being in the playoffs and not having to be in the playoff in the play-in tournament. Um, they've got a lot of young talent there. If you get one more, you know, decent piece there, you could you got a team that can compete for an actual playoff spot and not have not have to play their way in to the uh, to the tournament. And then tonight, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that it, it's going to be dependent on how Trey Young plays against uh, the Hornets. The Hornets were. Correct me if I'm wrong. They had a stretch in the middle of the season where they were pretty good. Like they they were up there, not obviously not one or two seed, but like they were they were humming along they, for a little they bit. They probably got as high as about five at okay. one point. Yeah. So they they were and they kind of you know I think that they've got the chance to make it. I think the team I think the Hawks have a better shot of winning a series than the Hornets do. If you get them into that in that Eastern Conference, I don't it. It would depend on who they were put up against. Um, it will be the Miami Heat, and so I've, maybe not that series. But um, if if you if you put them into the playoff, if they were a playoff team. I could see them winning a series against someone. I don't think it, you know if they're up against the Heat, they're not. I probably would not say they win that series. Um, but the other game, Spurs Pelicans. Yep. I just don't know what to think about that game. Two teams that shouldn't be in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Can no, just just objectively two teams. I, I heard you talking team. about this on the show yesterday, Ryan. I'm kind of in the camp of if your record is below 500, you just don't get a shot. Maybe we don't have the play in for that. Yeah, conference yeah. Team, if yeah. if or, or like if you don't have enough team, if you don't have ten teams with a winning record, one through nine gets in. If even if the if the only caveat is that you have to be above 500 at or above 500, but you've got a losing record, you don't deserve to be in a playoff. Yeah, I'm just Yeah. I I like again, I, I'm not gonna be like trying to burn down the play in out at the cross because <laughs> it's still entertaining and achieves a purpose. Um but you know, it, you're going to, this now opens you up. When you put twenty out of thirty teams in the league in a situation where they can make the playoffs, you're going to open up a situation where some of these teams just flat out are not good enough to get it in a playoff and i'm not trying to weed out say only the best teams only the clear teams with the best you know are should be playing in the playoffs i'm not like that either because there's a lot that goes into professional sports and there's a lot that goes in sports in general and injuries and long seasons and everything that goes into that and so i'm not at all trying to say yeah we just have like two or three teams in there uh, but uh at the same time there's got to be a cutoff where you say okay let's just admit that no matter how bad you are or how many injuries you had 34 and 48 is just not a chance you should you should have fought through it better than that uh because the clip the clippers had ungodly Four, amounts of injuries and they at least went 500 and they at least went 500 so anyway and and yeah i hate okoro back to your point brooks on uh, i hate that okoro did not score uh last night he did only play uh like 13 minutes and uh people around here know and people understand he is not much of an offensive player he only averages about eight to nine points a game he was pretty efficient this year he shot about 47 percent for the four and i think 35 percent from three but he just simply doesn't take a lot of shots and therefore he's more of a defensive guy and, and the matchups just were not working out for him well last night so hopefully he'll get a, a lot of playing time and have a better game on friday night and what will be a winner take all game Last break of the show today. When we come back, the nightly TV guide brought to you by Coca-Cola. This is Sports Call.
Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Final couple minutes of Sports Call here on this Wednesday afternoon. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Sports Call app. Or if you're listening, I should have said the Tiger Communications app. Or if you're listening to the podcast, the Sports Call podcast after the fact. We appreciate you hanging out with us here on this Wednesday afternoon. Again, got to get off there in just a moment. Auburn softball starting at 445 today. And so uh, that will cause us to end here in just a minute but uh we've had a good time today so uh let's close up the show the way we do each and every day our show is about to end but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening here's sports calls nightly tv guide sports calls nightly tv guide brought to you by coca-cola brooks what we got well i'll tell you what we don't have is auburn softball mercer on tv they're at Mercer. They don't have a streaming, but you can, as you just said, Ryan, you can listen to that game right here at Tiger 95.9. First pitch coming just about 5 o'clock this evening. Movie picks for you this evening, though. 6 o'clock on FX, one of our good friend, friend of the program, J.J. Jackson's favorite movie franchise is Spider-Man Far From Home. 6 o'clock FX tonight. Tom Holland Spider-Man movies are very good. They are. Then, also at 6 o'clock on Paramount, if you're not into the superheroes you want a more sports movie it's the sandlot six o'clock on paramount phenomenal fourth of july scene i watch it i try to watch it every single fourth of july it is just one of the greatest moments in cinematic history six o'clock <laughs> on golf channel See you strong your, your, your sports for the evening six o'clock on golf channel the lpga lot championship gets underway then at 6 o'clock on tnt some nhl action as the new york rangers take on the philadelphia flyers the Stanley Cup playoffs will get started here at the end of the month. And then at 6.15 on ESPN, the NBA play-in, playoff, tournament thing, whatever you want to call it. Cle- not Cleveland. I've got Cleveland, Brooklyn, writ he- Brooklyn written here, but that is wrong. It is Charlotte taking on Atlanta, followed immediately by San Antonio Spurs taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. And that is a look at your nightly TV guide. Go Hawks! Coca-Cola. Thank you very much, Brooks, and yep. uh, thank you for being here today. Absolutely. Brant, we appreciate you, and we hope you have a great evening. Thank you for having me. And, of course, we appreciate all those who tuned in and called in today. We also appreciate Tim Gillespie from Hometown Lenders for check, stopping by with us as he does each and every Wednesday. For Brooks Childress and Brant Daughtry, I'm Ryan Lavoy. Have a very fun Wednesday evening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.